Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Brendan Fraser isn't happy, and it's our duty as human beings to make him happy. Since the dawn of time, our species has asked themselves, what is the meaning of life? Well, our meaning of life in post-Brendan Fraser era is to make Brendan happy. It's his world, and we're just living in it. It's out of frame, but it's I think one. There's actually two. Um, they're kind of sitting catty corner, symmetrical in the room. So catty corner. At, ver- at various points throughout the day, different cats come in for milking. In my head, there in there in in alternating corners of the room, there are boxes of cats that are literally catty corner to each other, and then this guy's just got tiny little milkers. Yeah, they're all wearing tuxedos. That's cool, man. Salt Lake City, dude. I got to get out there. I hear so many great things. You know, cats get milk. Pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I was having some. I had a chat with a buddy last night. I went and visited a friend of a friend, a brother of one of my best friends, and we were talking about the current state of Salt Lake City, and and uh, like everywhere that anyone wants to be, the real estate is going through the roof. So love it. it's, uh, we live in an unaffordable society. Yeah. No one is allowed to live, uh, free and stress less. Yeah. So, no, no one's allowed. Uh, I read something I, interesting, no actually, I forgot what city it takes place in and I can do a little Googling in a second, but like a group of 50 plus homeless families, like basically like in, in one American city forced the city to allow them access to vacant vacant property that is being like not sold because of the cost and so like they they did some sort of i'll find the details and and, like read it in detail but i saw it last night and i was like wow that's really kind of amazing um thing that happened right yeah Yeah, one of one of many but anyway we're not here to talk about real estate (laughs) so we are Uh, Um, i read it Oh. A weekly podcast about the internet by way of right at the front page of the internet. My name is it's your dad. I'm Dig Bibbs. Dig Bibbs. I'm my free day, uh, aka Linkovich Chamovsky today. Linkovich. <laughs> Linkovich Chamovsky. Are you meddling in our election? Linkovich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know who Linkovich Chamovsky is? Hell no, I, I don't. Know, I know who uh, I know who uh, Chomsky is. Oh, Linkovich so Chomsky is Link from Encino Man. It's Brendan Fraser, bro. Oh my god, is that true? Wow, that's his character because he's around. an exchange student from Encino or in Estonia. Excuse me, Estonia. I learned like living in living in Cal. So we're we're talking about Save Brendan today. If it wasn't immediately obvious by that, well, that was my it, clue. That was my immediately obvious by that because we talked about real estate before this. But um, that's my podcast but, clue. Today we're talking about Save Brendan. Uh, if you listen to last week's pod, we referenced Brendan Fraser somehow. I think Dog Boobs had mentioned how he was a super hunk or something. Yes. And and so um, there is a dedicated community, a generally positive memed community of of Brendan Fraser uh, um, stands, if you will. Um, and we're going to go over that that sub today. Um, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the front page. Um, so last night was insane. Did you guys watch that shit? I did yeah. not. I oh did. my god! 
I did hey, not. What? But I saw what a couple of letters from Biden. It was uh it was rough. Like it yeah. was really really pathetic. Um which I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't really know what to say about. It. I mean, what do you what do you think, Freed? I mean, we don't need to go in detail. Uh, well, yeah. But. I mean, emotionally, it made me extremely anxious and uncomfortable watching. I was just kind of going like, "Ew!" It was like cringy the whole time. And you kind of uh, knew that. Kind of knew that going in, and then it was. You know, it wasn't like I had. I, I was like, "Oh, maybe it'll. Maybe it won't be what I think it is." And then it was exactly what you think it is. It was just like a lot of Trump being Trump and Biden. And then the whole time, you kind of felt like. Biden could snap or die at any minute. And, yeah. and so you're sort of waiting for that. And there was a lot right. of moments where it almost got really, really ugly. <laughs> and so it was just generally, I think, uncomfortable and, and not very productive. And everyone kind of agrees. Yeah. What was fun was afterwards, I, I was flicking around between MSNBC, CNN and Fox, just kind of because they're right next to each other on the channel clicker. Yeah. And you're sort of seeing what everybody says. And it's exactly what you think they're going to say. Great and singer Fox, by Trump. Click great, great singer by Biden. Yeah. And on CNN, Biden crushed it. And on Fox, Trump crushed it. And I would just go back and forth yeah. and listen to how each one definitely won for sure. hundred percent. And uh, it's it's bizarre. You really feel time. like you're being played by the media. And I have some thoughts about debates in general based on it that are just like right. quick, but um, I just yeah. can't believe. <laughs> I want to know. I can't but, believe. Yeah. Trump, I mean, okay. do you, yeah, give us your twi- oh, quick. Go ahead. Well, very thing, Hannity, I, I was watching Hannity after, uh, and he was like, he's like, I, lo- I loved it. First of all, I think we should do more Roman gladiator style debates where, you know, no rules. No moderator. It's just two guys in an arena <laughs> screaming at each other. The Hannity was saying this, and I was like, Hannity, you're out, out of control. Like, no, I was like, that's, that's pretty much control. what it was, you yeah. know. And and it was, uh, and he was like, I loved it. I want more of it. And I think there's probably a lot of Americans that that respond to that. I mean, right. but I don't think most do. <laughs> it was very like. It was like a bro argument at a fraternity house. Right. Like, well, it wasn't even just that because it was just it was just it was worse. Incomprehensible arguing. Yeah. And and it was it was just like it's like I mean, two geriatric old men up on a stage and watch them nasty nasty gram each other. Dude, it was wild. Yeah, it and then um, like felt like it was a it was such an uncivilized. Moment. Yeah. So then, so so Biden calls it's Trump a clown around. at one point. He, he goes, "This guy's a clown." And yeah. Biden, right. he called him a clown. He said, "Just shut up, man." Like he had a couple yeah. like digs at him that I thought was was good for Biden. Um, yeah. I mean, Biden. He called him a clown. Then after he has to. I mean, he's, Trump is just like such a monster. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know we have Trump listeners. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not prescribing our political view here. It's already probably well established, but it. I, it just is like he just is. Can you imagine? Just can you imagine having a conversation with that man in that no. way? How and frustrating like, it would be. I'm sorry. Yes, and we are not a political pod. But if you voted for hey, hey, a second, come on. Hello from Brazil. Hello to you from oh here. God. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Thank you so Bye. much. Internet man, it goes it, everywhere. It, That's so cool. Dog moves look as uh, she looks seven twenty. Does she have the amount of eyes and ears and facial features that you expected? <laughs> Go ahead and answer. <laughs> this is not answer. a conversation. Um, 
So weird. Anyway, um, so we don't need to belabor the debate, but that was like, that happened literally like one, 12 two, hours ago. One funny thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Biden calls Trump a clown. After I'm watching CNN, Van Jones gets like a tweet from like the National Association of Clowning in America. And they're and they like, yes. And then he's like, I'm just getting this in from the clowns of America. And they take offense to being grouped in with Donald Trump. being. And I was like, this is this is hilarious. I mean, this is like a this is like a Mike Judge movie uh, about politics. <laughs> the clowns, the clowns are pushing back on Biden for calling Trump a clown. That's so funny. I mean, they've been associated with fucking um, John Wayne Gacy for 30 years. Like they didn't say anything. They haven't said anything about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, they were able to complain though. You know, so we have a tendency to pitch billion dollar um ideas on this. <laughs> give away free, free billion yeah, we just yeah. give away. What was our last one? The dad that was like the cam girl site, but exclusively for, for dads. Dad. <laughs> for dads. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it's like where where dads only dads? Was that what it was? Only dads. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm tinkering on it. I got a couple domains going. I'll talk about we'll talk about only, only dads. And it's only just like <laughs> It's just like a live stream of a guy changing his carburetor. Today we're going to discuss slip knots and oh, um, yeah. different ways to tie down your tents. <laughs> it's be a lot of nodding, yeah, whittling. It's going to be cool. Um, so, so, but just per this, per like the the function of the debate, like you know, traditionally they've had these debates where they get together, they're moderated by one of these major news companies. Right. Um, this was on CNN, but it was moderated by that guy from Fox, so it was like a collab. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he's like one of the more innocuous Fox guys. Like he's not he's, Hannity. Right. He's the best Fox guy. You know, he seems like the most of a journalist out of them all. Yeah, <laughs> like, cool. He asked good questions and he was, you know, fair. He tried. Yeah. He tried. But it almost seems like we're at the point where like you could I'm just thinking for the next election, like you could have because in, in this one, any candidate like uh, Ye- uh, Andrew Yang, Andrew, Andrew, mm-hmm. Andrew, Andrew Yang, 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 Yang. Like, like um, Tulsi Gabbard, et cetera, like that, like fray of, of contestants, like sort of got pushed out by the, the Dems. Um, right. I'm almost, we're almost at a point where I think if you had this third party, um, you could, ha- there's enough media space in podcasting and YouTube on Twitch where you could have as many viewers watching and chiming in on these other sort of non-traditional platforms and do your own debate because we could get together and form a party. Like there's no rules, yeah, right? Totally. It's right. Well, so like if you, yeah. if you, you could, I mean, you just need organization and a lot of people. In, vote in, for it. Infinite amount of money. And paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> you could totally pull it off. You could pull it off if, if, pull it off. if you wanted. Um, but it, it almost, we're almost at the point where the, the, the wheels are falling off this bus or they have, mm-hmm. and it's like, right. You could get the Joe Rogan kind of a guy to step in and be like, I'm doing the debates. We're doing it on my podcast. They're not like a argue back and forth. It's like you get 45 minutes to talk about something. You get 45 minutes. Like the format just seems so right. destroyed. Yes. That right. I, it seems like we're like, and I, I think the younger people, you know, would go for that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Cause this thing was just, a mess. Right. it was, it was I mean, catastrophic. So it seems like, we're, we're at a point where there's something new that needs to emerge out of this, like for the next election. I think that new thing is Joe Rogan hosting. Yeah. Debate. But it's not <laughs> it a debate. It can't be a debate. About. It's got to be like. It's a mediation. Everybody yeah. has a moment to talk. 
Not even because they, they just have these, like, they have these points. They just chuck a point. And it's like, well, now you have to talk about that for 30 minutes. Like, right. let's, what, what would happen if they made it more like a, like a courtroom setting where it, where it has like, it's like, it's, I mean, it's not going to be legally binding of course, but if it was like, essentially you were just watching like the debate court and it was just like, all right, take the stand. And then you each have a lawyer and the lawyer asks questions to the, to the candidate and the candidate asks or answers questions like they're on the stand, yeah, right? cross examine them, cross examine them. And then the judge, you know, is the one that decides who wins the case. Right. Like who got, who, who made the most bullshit points? Like, right. I would like to have like, instead of go check this random Twitter account three hours after the debate and you can see all the lies. It'd right. be cool if there is some format that could be like, okay, you're lying now, you know, you're lying now. So like you're on the stand and we're not going to let you off the stand until we all doesn't, doubt doesn't work. That this is a lie. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's because like, they, I mean, nothing works ever. They just go um, like, they just say, I'm not lying. That's not true. But I think giving people space to make themselves look bad is, is the key, you know, like yeah. the, sh- yeah. the shortness of it actually saves them in a lot of, in a lot of ways. You're because right. They don't have to elaborate. They all like, just lean on their zingers. They just did lean on the zingers. And if you give them the space to explain, I think if you haven't, if you don't have a thought out answer, it's going right. to show. Yeah, I've always. Well, the other like, thing that I thought was odd from last night was, and and we could probably end soon on the debate because the debate sucked, and we don't want to talk about the whole pod. But um, they did. Uh, I guess those are one of the first times, and maybe I've been delusional. But Trump is a recreational conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah. Like it's not. It's not even just like talking points. Like I think that he thinks about conspiracy theories the way Roy thinks about conspiracy theories. <laughs> Right. Where yeah. he like enjoys the pursuit of them as a recreation. Yeah. Odd, you know, he he said things last night like, uh, "I just read today." <laughs> he would start with that, and then you would have like oh, a, a fact or a point Dream or up. like what he's considering a fact. And you're kind of and and I'm just going like, "What are you reading? Where? What is this information yeah. you're getting? Where is it right. coming from?" First of all, I I question that you can read. Second right. of all, it's probably just Fox News. But yeah, he's like taking things that are probably conspiratorial and he's using them as his talking points in a presidential debate. That's why he's so like good at this is because people who like rely on straw men and like logical fallacies, they just move the goalpost and they move the target over and over. And so anybody who's there trying to moderate that debate or be in that debate with them, it's like, unless you have somebody who's really well-versed on like all the fallacies that are being thrown up and can say, that's not what we asked. That's not what we asked. But part of the problem is like these hosts, their bosses want the bullshit too. Like they want that because it's entertainment. So it's like, we're all fucked. Chaos. Yes. Well, we're all fucked. It is chaos. Um, In all right, better news, so. on the front page, the Borat sequel has been acquired by Amazon Studios. <laughs> That's right. There's a Borat so, sequel. And it looks, it's already shot, finished, edited, done. Amazon has purchased it. Aren't they going to release it before me, the election? Let me pull oh. that guy up on the, on the big screen. You pulling uh, it up? This is just a deadline where, where article. Do you, where do you see that? Uh, I'm, oh, I'm looking on a 24-hour front page because of the because of the debate. I'm just trying to get uh, of course. trying to get that um, that firepower, dude. Uh, 
Well, anyway, so tell us the thing while I'm looking, I'm looking it up. Amazon Studios has acquired worldwide rights wow. to the sequel of the 2006 film Borat, Cultural Learnings of an American uh, for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> the, film, the film which stars Sasha Baron Cohen in the minutes out of role once again premiere in late October. That's just oh, a month away. Uh, and so cool. That's insane. All right, let me so pull the Borat article. Borat's sequel was wow. the first movie made during the COVID-19 shutdown. Oh, wow. Interesting. So it's it's been shot sort of during COVID, which is amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. That title is the greatest. I mean, dude, he is, he is just... I don't know what he's like as a person, and I, like, don't care. Honestly, I, we don't like, want to know. I don't... Like, he could be the worst person alive, and I'm just like, it doesn't even matter, because what he has built as a concept of a person that functions in the world of cinema is is very powerful, dude. Like, how does he get what he gets like it is insane you know and i feel like he's so original that like nobody nobody really has been able to replicate what he has done or even really tried i mean i guess the closest like one could say tim and eric to some degree but like not really and then also the guy all gas no breaks is kind of living in this now where he'll like interview people and then like cut it together in an insane way and gets like really revealing interviews somehow with people. But yeah, everything Sasha Baron Cohen does is just like fits in this fascinating place. He's, is, he's, I think he's kind of a genius. Like for right. in real life, he's very, I, it appears that yeah, he's he extremely smart. smart. He's extremely smart. Yeah. And you need to be smart to navigate this like live action chess game with guns is like what's yeah. happening. Every time he walks into these scenarios, it's, it's really complicated. And he figures out not only how to not get, murdered but how to make the jokes work in real time it's really hard and he does it and his level of commitment is you know unparalleled obviously and and uh, yeah it is and i he's one of those guys he's a daniel day lewis kind of a guy like you don't want to know too much about some actors just be the character exactly i don't i don't want to know your bad habits you know so I thought this was a very fascinating story that I saw on the top of my front page. Um, uh, and so have you guys seen the social dilemma yet? I'm avoiding yeah, everybody's it. Talking about the social dilemma. Yeah. I'm like avoiding it too. And I, but I, like, I, and I know I'm supposed to see it and I understand like why you're supposed to see it, but I just like, kind of like, I, I kind of get it. Like it's like the Jeffrey Epstein documentary where like, my girlfriend, you know, I think I've said this story, but like my girlfriend was like, oh man, this documentary is crazy. Have you seen this? I'm just like, I know all about that shit. Like, I don't need to watch the documentary. Right. I don't need to shower in it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I feel like Social Dilemma kind of makes me feel that way. But I thought this was a fascinating piece, right? Where um, 10 years later, the social network has become a supervillain origin story. Um, because lest we forget, the social uh, social network came out like a decade ago now. Yeah. And, you know, when it came out, it was just like, wow, this like dweeby kid who like made some stupid thing and like, oh, crazy. Right. Right. And then now, you know, with the social dilemma and all this stuff, you're like, wow, like that was kind of that's a little bit of like the or I mean, Zuckerberg is not Hitler. But, you know, if you were to watch a documentary about like the like if you were going to watch a documentary about like Germany in the 1920s, like the meth addled, like fun Berlin. 
And like one of the big side quest stories was about this guy named Adolf Hitler, who is this like weird artist who was doing this weird myth. And he was like, it was like a political schemer. Right. And then obviously what happened, you're like, damn, like maybe we should have paid closer attention to that clip. And the social dilemma, I think has shown us, you know, the, like Facebook really is the thing that started everything. Mm-hmm. And now knowing where we are with something like the social dilemma and like how hard it is to come back from what we kind of created, you know, it's interesting when you think about Mark Zuckerberg has a movie about him that kind of talks about his personality. Yeah. And, and then now we see it and we're just like, wow. Yeah. It's like it's really it's a super story. knowledge and context now than even the filmmakers had back then. Like looking exactly. at it now, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's a really strange. It's a really, really tough. Really I noticed tough. you were you you brought us back to the greatest period in history, the Weimar Republic in 1920s yeah. Berlin, which is one of my favorite things to talk about on this podcast. Um, but man, what a great time that Weimar was, right? Republic. Uh, what yeah. what I what I would give to go back to the Weimar. You know? if, I, if I had my time traveling druthers, uh, that's where I'd be hanging out, smoking. Yeah, steaks. same dude. <laughs> If I could go back in a time machine, I would go back to post-austerity Germany in 1920, the Weimar there was, Republic. There was that sweet spot between World War One and World War Two where everyone was just doing it. And it was, doing it. it was just pure bliss. It was good time. Hey, but yeah, social media, social dilemma. It's almost as if uh, I, I call it like early cigarettes you know well we're on like early cigarettes of this stuff we're all still smoking in cars with our babies and we're smoking on planes and we're like yes this these cigs are these are great and then people are starting to be like god i my lungs are fucked you know my 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 baby (laughs) can't see um (laughs) maybe it's related to this thing we're doing all the time and maybe we have to consider um smoke-free restaurants <laughs> etc on planes and it seems like people are yeah obviously coming around to the fact that like being addicted to a machine might not be good for your mental health um right. and you're you know being just milked for information we're we're the cats being milked in this scenario hell we yeah are, we, are, we, are, we are the cats and our teats are our podcast <laughs> and they are sore our teats is our metadata bro <laughs> yeah. teats are metadata uh, also by the way, just to really quickly before we get to the owl without feathers because that's a very compelling thing and i can't what wait the to talk fuck to is it. that is that real um, so our 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 friend from brazil i thought i had a really interesting thing to say i'm going to pull this on the screen really fast so um from sao paulo rio grande soul uh, love rio grande soul Never been there. Um, but got to say this. I like your pod. Thank you, my my dear friend. Flibger. 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 Thanks, Flibger. Um, anyway, I thought this was interesting because this is another byproduct of the, the Trump thing is Bolsonaro in, in Brazil, somebody that is a Brazilian. Uh, Bolsonaro is also insanely bad. And obviously, America, as much as I, you know, I resent the idea America continues to be a little bit of, you know, we are like a cultural force that in some capacity guides the way other countries react to certain things, be it economically or socially. Mm-hmm. And Bolsonaro, who is a piece of shit in Brazil, is, you know, sees what happens with Trump and immediately goes, well, that's that is the rule book. That's the playbook. We're doing that. 
and then, you know, burns down the rainforest and a variety of other things. So interesting take coming from Brazil. I actually do think that's a, that's worth remembering when we see these debates where people are just like, yeah, how crazy is America? And then we're just like, this is not just yeah. a crazy America thing, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, Al without feathers. And just to uh, cut into the, you know, cultural, political discussion, I just felt like it was important to take a look at this chicken <laughs> that is actually an owl. With no wow. feathers, look at those wow. feathers. So, are we are we saying so? This is this is a taxidermied owl. It is. So, okay. this is why dinosaurs don't look right. Someone says. Ah. So yeah, I like that ridge bone around his eye. This is why it's funny about dinosaurs because, like, everybody's like, "This is what yeah. they look like." Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, where are all of the goddamn feathers? You know. Dinosaurs probably had great feathers and looked way cooler than this shit. Do you think that the we live in a illusion or delusion, and then the Tyrannosaurus Rex was actually a beautiful feathered creature? Yeah, yeah, maybe or furred. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I would be what would determine whether or not in based on based on bones? Because we don't really have any any viscera, we only have bones. Well, How could you tell if something had or did not have feathers or fur? I, I I don't know if I don't know if we're living in the delusion or. I, here's what I'll say: I think feathers do exist in fossils. Um, do they? And I don't yeah. know. That's my question. Yeah, I think they. I think they're preserved. You know, at least like parts of them, and. We have fucking lizards. We yeah. have crocodiles. We have uh, Komodo dragons. They don't have feathers. So I think there's probably, there were probably species with feathers and species without, I would, right. I would say. I think the feathers are an evolution for flight. Um, right. And if you weren't moving towards flight status, you might have not got towards feather status. Hey, that's well, the truth. As- as our fans know, this is a pod almost solely dedicated to paleontology, archaeological, archaeological yeah. research. So, yeah, well, we, uh, we do a little light paleontology on this pod. Pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, this is I, I thought this was an interesting article that just yeah. did, did a quick search. So um, dinosaur mm. feathers study debunked overwhelming evidence. Of course, <laughs> Jurassic fossil does not or does belong to Archipotorix. OK, uh, Archaeo. Uh, I don't know what that really means. A uh, new Archaeo, study provides substantial evidence that the first fossil feathers ever to be discovered does belong to the iconic Archaeopteryx, a bird-like dinosaur named in Germany on this day. Archaeopteryx are the transitional creature between non-avian feathered dinosaurs and modern birds. Ah, Okay. So this is interesting. Uh, you must have seen this feather and been like, oh, maybe this is a feathered T-Rex. And so it was debunked and they found, no, it was actually right. found from the transitional avian. So it's like right. normal. We found a feather. So you're vocal. Um, cool. Love it. Hey, uh, well, what else, uh, what else do we want to talk about on our respective front pages before we talk oh. about Brendan? I, I saw. Oh, go ahead. <sighs> Go ahead. We have so many stories to tell. Oh, no. I saw a study that that was um, looking at cute animals, lowers, 
anxiety levels. It was like some news study, you know, some bullshit news study. But then I was just thinking how the front page is so many cute animals lately. Wow. I don't know. It seems like on mine, it's more cute animals than ever before. And I'm not like a huge, cute animal clicker guy. Uh, and I'm just wondering if it's like an effect of the national anxiety. Are people turning to pets, to animals for cuteness as a as a fix all? Maybe, possibly, theory. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good and interesting theory. I think that there's a there's potentially truth to that. And I, I you know we've been speculating for a bit about how the Reddit the front page of Reddit has become boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not that it's become boring. It's that people mm-hmm. have been eager for something that is going to like soothe their souls. Mm-hmm. So they're going after AWW instead of, you know, um, you know, fucking like corpse porn, the subreddit, which I love. Um, what was the subreddit you love so much, dog? Morbid reality. Mm. Morbid reality. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely truth that I mean, I, I think a lot of people say the same thing about music right now. where like music is certainly not as uh, not as uh, dark as it, it used to be. Totally. Um, Dog, you, you follow that? Yeah. Wait, you, you, yeah. You, yeah. Like, cool. I, I got I got well, yeah, morbid reality and now I kind of need more cute animals in my life. Yeah. And but also music. You're you're not listening. Oh, is that guy a um, camel man? So this is uh, this is uh, Ben notices how tight his pants are tonight on Family Feud. So you see this? <laughs> no. no look at her face. He kind of realizes it. He's just like, oh, oh. for the oh for the audience uh, that's just listening. We're watching a Family Feud clip where the Ben, nice looking guy, looks like he's from Salt Lake City. Oh. looks down and he's just got the biggest nuts and dick jammed into this tight little pair of pants and he's got a man camel he's all in front and and i bet i bet kathy kathy lee's all up all up on him after the show she seems like a real firecracker that one i just really look at that face when he's like oh yeah Oh. Yeah, I have a full blown moose knuckle in my pants on fucking national television. Moose knuckle oh, is one God. of the one of the best ways to describe it. it yeah, just, just works. This Sorry. is also a nice one. Not not to rehash the Trump thing, but uh, this was Miami Heat fan. So Miami Heat in the NBA Finals, the reporter goes, "Hey man, why aren't you wearing your mask?" He puts on his mask and says, "Fuck Trump." And then she immediately demands he takes off his mask and she panics and freaks out and gets weird. And uh, I love this guy. I know. Very nice. We got a Halloween dog. I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is cute. That is a very, so a Halloween dog has, someone has shaved his white fur into what looks like skeleton bones and his skin is black. Um, I bet they had the black part. Right. That is hilarious. Um, that looks I mean, that's cool. a, this is a brilliant costume. I mean, again, this is this is one more reason why all of our pod listeners should be following us on Twitch or Facebook Live or probably YouTube Live at some point. Um, we're showing some clips. Yeah, because this is not just an auditory pod; it's a visual pod now. It is a visual pod. Um, anyway, so those are cute. Anything else? What do you What do you guys got? Uh. I mean, it's not positive, but I did get an award on one of my comments. Someone gave me an award. 
Get the hell really? out of here. Yeah, someone what, gave uh, Tell me more. So Ward, here's the alert I got. Let's see. And another. Oh, this is great. Go for it. All right, let me, uh, let me share my screen. Share my screen. My screen. Um, I've actually been stockpiling uh, points that I think I'm supposed to be just giving to people because I have Reddit Premium. So every month, I think they give they give you seven hundred gold coins or something to give out, maybe less or maybe more. I don't know, but I have never used one of them. So I'm like just yeah. fucking stockpiling gold right now. Um, and I, yeah, well, you know, people say that uh, gold is a really good place to put your money right now. So yeah, oh hell yeah, my, my digital gold assets as a uh, as a retirement plan. Gold coins, yeah. <laughs> Get them off the TV. It's the yeah, best exactly. place to get them. Hey, um, Timmy, right, so Timmy, Timmy P. Bass, our bro. Timmy P. Bass, yeah. Um, so he messages us a lot. He's the, he's cool. Oh, boy. He wrote me the other the other day, and he was explaining how he had to go to work where he was going to be tuning pianos. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I was like, wait. You tune pianos, dude? What? He's like, oh yeah. He has a, a extensive degrees in music and tuning of piano degrees. Is that a thing? Um, yeah. And it's pretty clear that I think he's a genius. He's probably our smartest listener. And just a shout out to that guy. And if anybody has a piano out there, look up Timmy P. Bass. Is that, Jimmy, is that what he goes by professionally? Is this just becoming a place where we just get anybody who listens to our pod? We just promote their collective endeavors. Their small town local business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love of that. Course. What does Casey Knight do right now? Is he, is he a designer? Casey, if you're still listening, I know you were listening. If you're still listening, tell us what you do and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll promote whatever you do with a 20% discount. I thought he uh, was a knife sharpener or something cool like that. Well, he became a knife sharpener after we have bequeathed (laughs) him a knife. I think I'm not, I don't think I'm using the word bequeathed right. I think I'm like just throwing it in 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 random points. I think I'm correct. Um, Did I? Yeah, bequeathing something onto someone is like totally what we did. Coming? You coming onto someone? Okay. Then yeah, I'm using it right. That's what Um, Anyway. All right, so let's talk about Brendan Fraser. I don't, I don't think there's anything. I mean, there's always something more we can talk about on the front page, but I think we've, we've tapped our gaskets. We've bequeathed our front pages enough, you know? Um, anyway, all right, so save Brendan. This is a dog boobs original. She wanted to do this one as, as, a, as a lifer, as an old fan. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pull it up. Dog, if you want to start with the... Um, the basic information. Yeah, let's start with the basics here, okay? Save Brendan is back. Mm -hmm. We will continue to fight for our hero. Brendan Fraser is the hero we need in these dark times, and we aim to bring him back. Hashtag Brendan Fraser forever. And there's a YouTube link in the description here. I'm following it, but... Oh my God, you guys. Okay. You're going to have to play that link. I no longer have permissions on Chrome to, um, capture my screen. So I'd have to quit. What in tar nation. All right, do that. And then let me, let me play this, uh, clip. You're talking about the clip in which clip is it? 
I just texted it to you. I do declare. Um, All right. Let me pull this up. So this is, this is from. This is from the about section of the save Brendan subreddit. And um, it's called just fuck my shit up. Help to save Brendan Fraser's career. Well, let me, let me figure out, I'm going to download that clip um, because I don't really know how to play it directly from uh, our, our site gracefully. Um, All right. So let me, let me download it. Good pod. Um, Yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep chatting in the meantime. Okay. Y'all. I think I, I think I figured it out. Um, uh, Okay. So, all right. So anyway, so tell us more about the sidebar while I download this thing. Right. All right. So it's got about 42,000 readers. Um, it was created on April 28th, 2015, which mm-hmm. was a good three years before Brandon Fraser's iconic GQ article came out. So uh, that was that came out in 2018, right? 18 and we'll right. totally get into that because honestly, I bet you anything after that came out that this subreddit just exploded with supporters because right. reading that article, you will fall in love with him. Okay. It's pretty, it's pretty like it's a, it's a, I, I have, I have thoughts. So let's, let's Ooh, okay. do it, it is shortly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It looks like there are just, uh, you know, a few, few moderators here who are really passionate about Brandon um, there's only a one filter called Renaissance, a uh, flare called Renaissance. It must be like, Hey, there's good news coming. Brandon's getting, you know, a little bit of a comeback, uh, he's got a role churning, but you he's know, sco- he's starring in doom patrol. Heads yeah. up. Oh fuck. Yeah. And he's also going to be providing the voice for a guest character on King of the Hill. Wait, King of the Hill's coming back. I don't know. Four days ago, someone posted, he guest stars in King of the Hill. Oh, that must be a past oh. thing. Because I was going to say, I was like, I, I, I love the idea of King of the Hill coming back. I feel like it would have yeah. been a bigger deal. Everything in some capacity revolves around, I don't think the GQ article was ha- had happened yet. Mm-hmm. However, there was a little bit of like in the air, there was a what happened to Brendan Fraser, right? And then people were just like, hey, I like that guy. He was really fun and funny and kind of good natured and Sino Man was great and the mummy was great. And, you know, uh, what else was he in? He was in... Uh, Airheads, you know, he was, he was in yeah. a bunch of movies that were, that were just like fun. Dudley Do Right, Dudley Do Right, like George of the Jungle, George you of know? the Jungle, classic. Um, so anyway, and then he fell out of the limelight entirely. Mm-hmm. And ties, guys, that was the one. Yeah. Oh School yeah. Ties? You never saw School Ties with a young Matt Damon, young <sighs> Brendan Fraser, Nineteen ninety two, prep school, New England. About- Jewish in America. It's good. It's a good movie. That was like about the time of like Scent of a Woman and like all these sort of prep schooly adjacent movies. Uh that this one's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it. It's good. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Chris O'Donnell, the Christian bullies. Yes. Except except Chris uh Chris O'Donnell per Chris O'Donnell per Huge. He's the nice guy, you know. He's the turn, yeah. Yeah, Good. yeah. So he, I mean, he is he is making a comeback right now, technically, and I think that you know, hopefully, when we think about what a Brendan Fraser comeback would look like, I think it is going to be a little different than some of the other notable comebacks we've seen lately, like um, 
what's what is the dude who was in the wrestler mickey rourke mickey oh, rourke yeah. adam sandler adam sandler wasn't necessarily out but he like went from being like a joke in all of his movies are the worst thing to uncut gems which was like a cinematic masterpiece wow. right and his performance was like insane so you know brendan fraser is kind of the latest in this series of these actors that i think are are kind of you know, on the cusp of a comeback by way of tragedy, right? So, Dog, do you want to go into some of what has happened to Brendan Fraser and why he fell out of the limelight in the first place? Please. I do, I do want to go into that. So if we all remember Brendan Fraser back when we individually fell in love with him, personally for me, that was during The Mummy, even though I, I was in love with the actual Mummy in the movie, Brendan Fraser. I think that's how this whole thing started, right? Is you had an you had an erotica fiction by the actual mummy. Yes. So right. the bald head, the mummy outfit, like everything <laughs> about it was just like for twelve year old dig bibs was just like a wooga, you know. Um, I can feel it. I can feel it in my loins. So good. So I love that. But that's kind of how I was introduced to him. Um, so that would be a cool wedding dress for you as a mummy. Oh, like a mummy paper, like mummy, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. What's so, underneath. <laughs> Hopefully a dead corpse. You'll never know. <laughs> so Brendan Fraser's career kind of, uh, hit this awesome stride during these movies where like George of the jungle, the mummy, all these kind of actiony fun, like action on the one hand and then like kind of slapstick body action humor where basically what happened to him is he had like completely done all his own stunts in all of these films and destroyed his body like he got to this age where he was filming the final mummy movie that he did in china and he was like absolutely just destroyed like he's he says in the article that he's being held together with like tape and ice at this point because he just always put himself out there for his own stunts and stuff so it's really how old would he have been around then 32 31 like pretty young for he was like an afflicted body yeah so it's let's see well it sounds like an nfl body you know like at that age to have that much just residual pain and right so let's see so then I know did you guys see the movie like bedazzled oh yeah dude it's the that best. was a fantastic fun movie dudley do right monkey bone so those movies kind of happened right after the mummy put him on the scene it was like okay brendan fraser is going to be an action star leading man look at him go then right. he does bedazzled dudley do right monkey bone and like they're kind of like these lame box office failures so now so you know that's kind of like a dip but at the same time you got your franchise with the mummy returns which that one the mummy looks real good in that one because by that point the mummy himself has fully fleshed back up so he's no he's not dead at all in that one but that's neither here some people would say he's not even a mummy well he's just a guy yeah you're right and someday I would like to really get into the mummy. And we want, I want to talk about the mummy someday. That's a future pod. You want to get into the mummy. I want to get into the mummy. Right. <laughs> you want to have sex with the character from the movie. I want to peg the mummy. Is what okay. <laughs> so, okay. So he found some success later on in films like Crash. Um, he, he also was in more shit films like Looney Tunes back in action. 
ink heart, right. air I breathe. So suddenly it was like he, you know, had the mummy returns come out, but at the same time, like losing right. steam, you know, big time. So, so why um, do we think he was taking so many bad movies? That I really I have. Do you I think have I have a because you're some, in this maybe. Yeah, just some insight. I mean, first of all, like that time during movie making, you had a lot of like big box office shitters coming out, like late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw this with like, um, you know, like all those like early Batman franchises and stuff were like kind of garbage then in like the early 2000s. I think he just gets sucked. He got sucked into that huge box office machine where these movies are when you look back on him, just like kind of garbage movies and, and, you know, he's probably being sort of not forced into it, but like heavily suggested into it through his agents and managers who are just taking their cut. Right. And they just kind of want the biggest payday possible. And all of a sudden you find yourself in bewitched or whatever the hell dumb movie bedazzled, right. excuse yeah. me, kind of whatever big dumb movie comes out and you look back at him and you go like, those movies were <laughs> stupid. And I, I so, could understand so I how you sort theory. of get directed into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, Anna I think Hurley was in that movie and she was super hot. So, so, hot. so I, I think my alternate theory is that this is where the alimony conversation starts. Yeah. There, right. Yeah. Because I think that I don't know what the exact timeline was, but whether or not it was before or after his divorce, mm-hmm. I think knowing how the alimony payments and the kind of divorce settlement ended divorce. Yeah. Divorce. It, 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 it seems like maybe even the movies that he was doing before the divorce is an, is a, is a uh, maybe speaks to potentially how selfish spendy, whatever his relationship was because <laughs> Basically what happened, and, and, and not to jump in and continue your story, dog, and I don't know if you want to, but he had a very messy divorce. Yes. So, so I find, so yeah, that's a great thing to bring up because back when he, things were like starting to get really good for Brendan Fraser is when he got, let's see, things are getting really good for him. He broke into the mummy. Um, his net worth at the time was $45 million during like the absolute bright point of his career. So he was like, I mean, God, the mummy franchise was huge. Like he made a shit ton of money with that. Um, the mummy, the first movie raked in $68 million in its opening weekend in 1999. So like, that was like a huge deal. So he then met his wife. So not then. So he met his first wife in 93. So it was like a pretty cool little glitzy barbecue thrown by Winona Ryder. Interesting. They got married in 1998 and 98. If we look back is right around the time he was filming the first mummy. So the year before the prime prime time, prime time. So he had three children with her Griffin Holden and Leland. Who's who's this money grubbing ex-wife? I hate her. Afton Smith. Afton. So I'm team Brendan all the way. Me too. Me too. So they got a divorce after 11 years. So according to the Associated Press, Frazier's publicist first announced the couple divorced in 2009. And then two years later is when like, finally it it like finally came to a head. So there were huge financial woes coming out of that divorce. Um, So because she was accustomed to a life. That she had to uphold. She was accustomed. 
And he's like, right. the mummy. So she's thinking this is a meal ticket for life. You know, he's going to just be right. whipping out mummies nonstop every two years. And that's just not what happened. Um, so he, he fought over alimony payments with her. Um, they crunched the numbers. He brought in roughly for a while, brought in $205,000 a month, but he was obligated to pay her $112,000 a month. Oh my That's god. Like 53%. Yeah. So it didn't really like get a ton of em- empathy from like judges and stuff to be like, okay, dude, like I get you have to pay like professional expenses and stuff and maybe now you only get $92,000 a month, but boo fucking who, right? Like no one feels I bad. don't I I hate I I don't know. It's, I don't know anything about like the divorce yeah. world, but it seems crazy that you're supposed to like continually make the money you were making forever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, forever. especially in the, in the entertainment business where totally. you, you have good years and bad years and you have runs where you have good 10 years and bad 10 years. Right. And like totally. to, to, for a judge to like expect you to just keep right. it up seems impossible. Yeah. It, it's my, my theory too with this is this is this is kind of so this is why I bring up the alimony as it pertains to his career is because if you are on the hook for what ended up being nine hundred thousand dollars a year in alimony right was that what it was well like that? that was how so I misread this so he was his take home pay was like two hundred k a month then right. over half of that went to his professional expenses which I'm sure were right. like I don't know paying his agent, paying whatever. Agents and, yeah, that's like, um, that's, that's yeah. tax deduction shit. Right. Yeah. And so that left Trump, that's Trumpian tax code. Right. Yes. So he paid $25,000 in child support every month, $25,000, um, over $5,000 in mortgages, over $6,000 in property tax a month and over $34,000 in income tax a month. Um, he was paying five thousand in gardening expenses. Uh, wow, well, that's, that's on him. That's on, that's on yeah. him. So, in the meantime, he's got these insane expenses from having like created this lifestyle, but now right. it's no longer sustainable, partially because the type of work he's getting, but also right. because of the insane amount of medical issues he's hitting. So he had oh. to get knee replacement surgery, like. It's basically like every single action movie he did. He had to then have like a laminectomy, a surgery, a stint in the hospital that he came out the other end like an aged version of himself. So like, how are you supposed to, you know, make it back on? So, Uh, so with the alimony and what, what did he end up paying an alimony? He ended up paying like half, right? Uh, There's some number that was extremely high. Yeah. It looks like in this article, it's like he, he paid $25,000 a month for alimony. Right. With so out of your take home 92,000 and then adding on all those other expenses, it's like, he's pretty much got nothing at the end of the month. Yeah. So the reason I bring all that up is because a, I think that that is part of the reason why he was taking bad films. Mm-hmm. You just Good get paid. Do he's whatever. Like, I, gotta right? keep this up. I gotta keep this up. I have to, I have to pay. I'm legally obligated to pay alimony to this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you look at kind of what happened to him, a lot of people cite the divorce as like a very, very big part of the story of kind of how things fell apart. Yeah. Um, and, that'll, and that'll I think him. this is, it'll crush a man. Yeah. It'll crush a man. But this is also the time when I think, I don't want to say like patriarchy was at an all time high, but like, you know, the nineties and the two thousands was kind of like a, a little bit of like the byproduct of the, 
the the guy works and the woman stays at home. It was past that because it wasn't the fifties, but it was like in Hollywood, you would see a lot of this kind of stuff. And there, there was like the, the legal system, which we know, I mean, you know, this is now well-documented. I'm, I'm not taking like a men's rights stance or anything, but this right. is like a thing where the legal system when it comes to divorces and child, child care and all those things is really disadvantageous to men. It ends up kind of yeah. being this like, you and have to pay the alimony in both ways too, because if you're thinking about it, I don't like Afton. I'll just say right. this right now because she right. hurt my boy, but right. I don't, a lot of times, like I understand the idea of if the woman or man in a situation or non-binary person decides to right. take a role in a partnership of I'm quitting my job. I'm giving up any career totally. to raise our children. 100%. The understanding like this is our agreement as partnership and then 11 years down the line you break up and he's a movie star and you're like okay well fuck you because now I don't have totally. a career and I, I didn't do anything yeah, totally. for 11 years and I'm not going to go you know work a minimum wage job now but at the same time you know look at all the shit that Brendan's going through with like injuries clearly not getting totally. the same kinds of jobs he used to get like you can't expect the breadwinner to make the same amount of money for the rest yeah. of his life. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's a bit of a, it's certainly a bit of a complicated one, but a lot of people attribute that. And I think that's the reason I bring it up is primarily as it pertains to the bad movie choices. Yes. And, Cause I, I think that that had a lot, in my opinion, as kind of an outsider to the situation, of course, that seems like it brought on a lot of those bad movie choices oh. that were also in conjunction with the medical thing. And then, okay, so that is a big part of it. Now, the continuation of this story, and I think part of, this is what makes the Save Brendan thing also very interesting, is it, yeah. he's kind of a little bit of like, he's caught in the gender narrative wars mm-hmm. in a really weird way, right? Because the next thing that seemingly damned his career, dog, is the sexual assault charge. Dude! So, I don't know if you want to go into that detail. You need to tell me about that because I know about him battering a producer, but well, not so, assaulting anyone. So he did not accuse. He he was not a. So let me see if I can bring it up. So um, I thought it was in that DQ article, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Brendan Fraser sexual assault. Um, oh. So it was not. It was not that he. Um, was a abuser. It was the opposite. So, so he was, uh, he accused a Harvey Weinstein esque person. So here we go. So from variety 2018, Brennan Frazier says HPFA ex president sexually assaulted him. So Brennan Frazier is joining the me too movement coming forward on Thursday with allegations of sexual assault by ex president of the Hollywood foreign press association. In a new guys. interview with the GQ, which is what we're talking about, uh, the Mummy Star alleges that the HPFA or HFPA's Philip Burke assaulted him at a Beverly Hills hotel in the summer of 2003. This is a uh, slightly graphic, potentially. So if anybody has, this is a, this is a warning to all y'all. We're going blue, kids. We're going blue. We're going blue. His left, left hand reaches around, grabs my ass cheek, and one of his fingers touches me in the taint. Whoa. <laughs> and he, Wow. And he, he starts moving it around. The actor said Burke recounted the incident in his memoir with signs and wonders, but said he pinched Frazier's behind as a joke, according to Frazier, though it wasn't a joke. And he was overcome with fear and had to remove Burke's hand. 
I felt ill. I felt like a little kid. I felt like there was a ball in my throat. I thought I was going to cry, he says. He rushed home and told his wife about the encounter, but was afraid to go public with the incident. I didn't want to contend with how that made me feel or it becoming part of my narrative. Um, so Frazier, through his reps, asked for an HPFA, HFPA for an apology, which Burke says he wrote, but added, my apology admitted no wrongdoing. The usual, if I'd done anything that upset Mr. Frazier, it was not intended, and I apologize. But uh, Burke, who took a six-month leave of absence from HFPA in uh, April 2014, following backlash from his memoir, but is still a member, denied the claims in an email to GQ saying Mr. Frazier's version is total fabrication. So, anyway... And it says he was like blacklisted, basically. Exactly. And so this is the other thing that's really interesting because we think about the bad choices and then you think about that because that is, I think, very similar to, I think, a lot of the stories you hear from kind of the Harvey Weinstein era. Yeah. And and a lot of a lot of, you know, like this is not an uncommon story. And, you know, when when that comes out, you do get people in powerful places saying, Hey, listen, man, you're never going to work in this town again. Right. And that's kind of what has happened. So, yeah. So yeah. I think that Listen that is a comment too. Yeah. look at the comment from FIFO. The important uh, thing here is that Brendan had the courage to use the word taint. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I, mean, I hate like it is not, it's not a laughing matter. And I understand that. And obviously, but like, it's so strange the way that even we are talking about it. When a man gets assaulted, mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, he used the word taint. Crazy. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, don't really accept that it could have the same emotional devastation as it does for women and like clear emotional or career. I mean, we're talking yeah. like primarily about career, but because career in, in conjunction with emotional. Yeah. Cause he became you know? reclusive after that. Like I'll, it, I'll, I'll actually say it might have more of an emotional uh, scar on a man in a way, because I don't think guys are used to getting tank grabbed. I think girls might be more, you know, not like ready for it, but like it's it's almost more common, like on the subway. It can built into your defense system a little bit. Yeah. So like when a guy gets tainted up, uh, guys are like, "Wait, what?" Right. Like you almost feel like what girls have felt the whole time, but guys are like even like. I've been touched like that by people I don't know at bars and, and you're just like, it's part of being a woman. No so guys are like exactly the same way he described the way he felt okay. like, <laughs> but no, but <laughs> I want to like, actually, but I, you're to your point. I think it's a different type of thing. It's like different. Right. I wouldn't say like worse or better. Like one, I go, okay, you can't quantify it really, but totally different thing because like, yeah. whereas this, there's a safer space, not still not a safe space, but it's a safer space in society for women to be victims. If there yeah. isn't as safe of a space for men to be victims of this kind of violence. So, so like, that's I, what I, was I don't say. get that feeling, but I do like, that's what just breaks my heart about that article is the way he describes what he felt and how instantly felt right. like a little kid instantly, you know, ball and throat had to get the fuck out of there. It's like, those are all so familiar. Those yeah. feelings from someone driving by and screaming something to you out the window or grabbing you while riding their bike right. or leaving in a, leaving a bar and slapping your ass while you're not looking like I think, you gotta, I, th- I think in those situations, like a quick punch to the nose, 
Like, uh, like I'm, the thing that's really scary about it is you're in so much shock when it happens to you that right. for the first, it takes you processing time. And that's, what's so fucking infuriating about it is those people will totally. bolt out of there before you even have time to process it. Yeah. And it's I think to your situation for Brendan, but agreed. He, I would love to have seen him punch that fucker. Well, to, to your point too, I mean, you know, we, so the, what, what I think is really interesting about this conversation we're having right now is there is it like I, I get both sides for different reasons. I think recontextualizing a little bit like it is not a good thing regardless. And it is a familiar thing for what Brendan felt to what you felt, dog, and what millions or hopefully not millions, but lots of women feel. And, yeah. But but the 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 other side of it that I think is particularly damaging here is there isn't a network a safe space and a and an opportunity to talk about this stuff for men yeah and that is i think the problem is like you know we are like you are seeing in that article it says brendan fraser joins the me too movement Mm -hmm. first time i'm hearing it yeah and the movement didn't exactly embrace brendan fraser with open arms it's like exactly and so i don't men, men when this kind of stuff happens to men they go uh maybe it just didn't happen uh i just gotta move on yeah because there's nobody, there's not a network. There's, there's no way to talk about it. There's no way to engage with it. There's no, you know, and, and, and you know, and that's, and, well, more embarrassed. And it's like, there's, I mean, there isn't a categorical um, discrediting of it yeah. with men and not in the way that like, not in the way that uh, with, not, it's not like with women, I think where sometimes it's like, that didn't happen. I have a different account. I think with men, even other men will be like, that doesn't sound bad. Yeah, you know like, I mean? why are you taking it so seriously, or something right. like yeah. that? Yeah, and so, man, yeah, it, it's I wonder pretty, if I've ever me tooed anybody on accident by slapping their butt. Like, I oh, can't that's imagine a bit, I mean, you yeah. at dead, dude, Linkovich. I can't imagine you did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like a dude friend. Like, hey, man, like hey. that heel sketch slap, like that slap in the ass. Like, yeah, slap yeah. ass. Is that slapping? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I did play uh, baseball for a long time. It was part of the culture. Yeah. Um, but you guys think... didn't go under and then go. I never tickled the taint. <laughs> I never hung, yeah. never hung around down there. It seems, it seems like I never ordered a latte down there and said, hey, let's kick up our feet. See what's I mean, it, also, it also seems like maybe this guy that they reference is a bit of a scumbag because it seems yeah. like he. Yeah, that had like to be he, a demo. Yeah. Well, you know, he like took a leave of absence in 2014 because of a book he wrote. Yeah. And I think was this the guy because there's that movie Hollywood that came or that show Hollywood that came out that was about it was about somebody like this. And I, I feel like maybe this is that guy. Oh, his. Yeah. Philip Burt. Philip Burt. Right, oh, let me see what talk about. This guy's a real chicharron, you know? Chicharron. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, this guy is a scumbag. Like, I mean, James Wood, I'm seeing another article that says James Wood, James Woods joins Brenda Frazier by sharing his own Philip Burke story. Whoa. Uh, So. James Wood's notoriously, not notoriously famous, he's a huge, huge dong. Well, really? That's what they say in the biz. Yeah. He's a a dong. He's a big dong connoisseur. So. Yeah. so it says, so check this out. So it says, uh, I commend this interview highly. I too was blacklisted by that individual at HFPA after nine Golden Globe nominations. 
wow. noted conservative Woods tweeted with a link to the GQ article during a press junket with HPFA or HFPA. He asked if I would support Hillary Clinton if she ever ran for president, never nominated again. Mm-hmm. So it was he was never physical with this guy, but it seems like this Philip Burke character was just like really stretched his his power in a, yeah. in a profound way. Fucker, man. Well, yeah. Hollywood is I, I do think Hollywood will blacklist you for your politics as well, which is a kind of a different thing. But he's James Woods is like this notorious. He's really funny on Twitter. He talks a lot of shit against liberals. Yeah. Especially in Hollywood. He's funny. It's funny. I don't know if, if you like asshole, asshole commentary, <laughs> but he's, but he's sort of, you haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, yeah. Right? But that's, I kind of appreciate that too, in this situation that he, it's like, he lent his voice to this, even if it wasn't. And he even says, it's like, it wasn't a physical or sexual like assault or anything, but the fact that he just like raised his hand and said, like, I know this guy's a sketchy individual and I am a huge fan of Brendan Frazier's and I'm excited to see him back entertaining us. It's like, I think that's a really like cool show of support from another man in Hollywood. That is, you know what? Brendan Frazier rules, man. We got to get that. So yeah, so that's, so this, these are all things that have like kind of mixed together to tank his career pretty much. You know, and I, I paint his career, if you know, what paint I mean. his career. Yeah, pretty much. So the thing that's so beautiful, in my opinion, about this GR GQ article is he kind of goes into these things, but he also gives you the art. The guy who writes the article gives you such a really amazing view into like what kind of person Brendan Fraser is. And right. the, it kind of starts like from the very beginning with the story of this horse that he got on the set of uh, History Channel series, Texas Rising. And he played a 19th century Texas Ranger filming in Mexico. And he was like, he apparently is a big animal person and couldn't stop like anthropomorphizing this one horse who kept getting the shit kicked out of him by all the other horses. Like all the other horses on set were like, hey, fuck you. Like, you pussy over here. Yeah, like really fucking nasty. So he decided he's like, you know what? I looked like this horse looked at me. I could just sense like he needed help. So he brought the horse back to upstate New York, where he lives with his three sons, the eldest of which has autism. So his plan was to get this big, beautiful movie star retired horse and bring him in so that his autistic son could connect with this animal because and like Brendan Fraser goes into detail about like this is something that with kids who are on the spectrum like they right. love animals even just brushing the horse like the repetitive motion is really calming for his son like all these little things are so um sensitive and beautiful and give you such a little peek into what a like what a kind person he, gentle person he is that you just love him you you know you want to you want a, mem- a mummy six by the end of this article Oh, well, and that was so that is actually another part of this. I think it's kind of compelling is when the newest mummy came out, people were not fucking hyped. No, people were like very upset. Yeah, people were people were like, this is not the mummy we 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 know and love. No, terrible. Yeah. So so I think that there is, you know, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, he he's um, uh, what I really hope happens to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully what realistically is going to happen is 
we're going to see a Brendan Fraser comeback. I yeah, uh, he's going to star in an A twenty four film. Exactly. And that A twenty four film was going to completely like people are just going to be like, damn, his range is actually crazy. And and then that's going to be the beginning. I think these kinds of things probably not like the, you know the saga he's been through will give him more emotional range. You know, obviously as we grow and evolve. But he'll be able to bring some of this pain and suffering into his acting, probably. That yeah, be cool. I like to see Chris well, Nolan get a hand, get a hold of this. I like to yeah. see Chris yeah. Nolan get a hold of his taint, you know, and give that a ride. Get the fuck uh, out of here, uh, the uh, uh, Robert Pattinson who got COVID on Batman. Make Brendan Fraser Batman. Robert Pattinson oh, make, make is Brendan cool. Fraser Batman is such a Batman. funny idea. Oh, <laughs> give me a good Bruce Wayne, okay? He's he's big. Uh, I mean, he'd be a complicated yeah. Bruce Wayne. He's, he's definitely gained some weight over the years, which is yeah. you know is fine. I'm okay with that, but we haven't we seen have his quarantine sure body though. Was that? We haven't seen his quarantine body. Maybe That's he's true. you know maybe he's gotten bigger. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he has, but maybe he hasn't. Brendan, always yeah. a Brendan. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I really hope that he, uh, I hope he has a resurgence. Obviously, yeah. so let's talk about the kind of film that he would benefit from. Yeah. Okay. He's a little older now. I feel like he's occupying a Russell Crowe space minus the mean maybe. Russell Crowness. He's got the same like shape as a Russell Crowe. He so could have not, been a really cool choice for that Road Rage movie, but I don't know if he's got the range to be that mean. But I don't know if mean is his brand. Like exactly. I feel like he, so when you think about these comeback films, like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems was so good because he was yeah. he's like a, he's like got the New York Jew thing. Mm-hmm. He, he does like he he does New York Jew, and then he he's like got the manic energy down where where we know him as a comedy, but like he, the trap, the tragic character of it all is kind of what made him work so well. Right. And then with, uh, with homeboy from the wrestler, not Nick Nolte. What's the guy's name that came back on the wrestler? Freed. Mickey Rourke. Nick, Mickey Rourke. So with Mickey Rourke, Mickey the star, like, the Rourke dude, he was, that was such a tragic story. Yeah. And it was like, it felt like it was exactly his personality. And we were watching yeah. almost like a meta like a doc, it was. It felt like a documentary, like a metaphysical documentary of, of Mickey Rourke. Yeah. So, Brendan Fraser's version of that, like, what is that? Like, for I me, think I got it. I think I got a pitch for you guys. What? It's 1996. Bill Clinton is the president. He plays Bill Clinton. He's got a silver wig. He kind of looks like him. Monica Lewinsky scandal. It's all going down, dude. He has to throw in a real performance. It's solid. It's historical. It's been twenty something years. Bella Thorne's Monica. Bella Thorne's Malika. Malika. Malika cocktail. Molecule cocktail. Monica. We need a good. Nobody's done a good Bill Clinton joint, dude. He feels hey, like he could really funny. own it. I'd love to see that range. I'd love to see him do something that makes me not love him. It's a, I, bet, I bet Ben right now is getting um, perfumed. Oh, you guys getting perfumed? Yeah. You milking cats? Are the cats acting up? <laughs> they may be. Perfumed, yeah. Getting perfumed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it would be, it feels like you need him. Like, I mean, he could play a divorcee, right? Yeah. 
I don't think he's playing like a superhero. I think it needs to be wow. like, you know, like he plays. Um, what about the complicated relationship of Hillary and Bill, the inside? All right, fine. We'll I mean, on. that actually could be, that oh, could be an out. interesting role for him, honestly. Like, I would do like an like, HP series or Showtime, like series or, you know, uh, one of those. Did you see Russell Crowe in um, the Roger Ailes Showtime? No. It was amazing. He was so fucking good. It was so yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think maybe it could be like, – actually, you bring up a good point. Like, it would be interesting to see him as, like, a Bill Clinton to a Hillary Clinton. I mean, I think that you're going you're gonna to bring so much sympathy for him as a person in that film that it would be hard yeah. to, like you, – you wouldn't be able to see the evil side of Bill Clinton. You would only be able to see a nice thing, right? right. That's where the acting comes in, bro. That's where the acting yeah. comes in. But, uh, so I think that's one version of it. I think – I mean, I'm trying to think like what would be a really because you know he wouldn't do a superhero thing. Was no, he dazzle too. I don't. He could, however, do a like once the superhero has over the hill kind of thing. Yeah. Like kind of you know coming back from a drunken bender. You know, like what what's this? It was like the setup for the the Watchmen movie where all of them were like, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I see him doing also like a like a Silver Linings playbook. Like a playbook would make sense. Like a guy who's been through the ringer, you know, and is like depressed, but then like finds a new leaf on lease on life, a leaf on life, a new, a new leaf on life. You know, he would play, he would do very well with, uh, Robin Williams character in goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. Never seen Goodwill Hunting. Not your fault. Oh, yeah. Goodwill Hunting. That would be an interesting one for you to see now because I feel like the brand of Matt Damon and and um, and fucking Ben Affleck. Ben Ben Affleck is is so strange now. Yeah. That like you see that movie and you go, oh my god, these guys are like immeasurably talented. God. Okay. Well, one of them is. (laughs) One of them is. Yes, that's that's true. Ben, ben Affleck mean, seems like Ben Affleck the whole time. Yeah. He, he's never not done Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah, but he is. I mean, he's he's interesting because he's he's going to be another one that we look at eventually, and he's going to do like a resurgence film. Did you see his that, comeback film this year? Which one was it? Was that the alcoholic the basketball coach? coach? <laughs> yeah, but that didn't feel like it was like a comeback film. That felt yeah. like it was like continuing the, the the continuum of what a Ben Affleck film is. Like I'm talking like no, he, was, he was yeah. attempting a comeback film with that. I think the problem is he's still an alcoholic cokehead and yeah, he hasn't right. like he hasn't actually decided to come back in real life. Yeah. I think he's like faking right. it. <laughs> so they made this right. Hollywood movie that sort of paralleled the fake. Right. And you're like, right. it's this is no Mighty Ducks. I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. No Mighty Ducks. As as they say, this is no Mighty Ducks. <laughs> That's my review for most movies. I start first of all, Nobody this is does. no Mighty Ducks. No Second Mighty of all, Chris Nolan did pretty good in Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Tenet yet? Did you enjoy it? I haven't seen it. I, I'm I'm sort of waiting for a period of three hours where everyone's gone, and I can like yeah. dive in. But I don't know. I've just been my house is too crazy. So. Yeah. Have you? Are the I've, theaters I've open? I mean, is it? Things. Can I, I go to a th- open? I think it depends where you are, but some are open. Man, I'd like to get that theater to myself and just kick back and watch that sucker. Be cool. So, comeback movie? I don't know. It's got to be something. It's got to be something that feels grounded. I don't. I don't think the superhero route is smart because I think that's. 
it feels fake. I think you need to see like the a, a real person him, him playing something gritty, real, emotional, and where he really has to act. Right. Not like close ups or his eyes. I mean, the best the best comeback films are ones that you it gives you a little bit of a I didn't know they could do that with a little bit more of like this is their personality. So like yeah. a pole vaulter type movie. Something where he's a pole vaulter, like an Olympic pole vaulter. <laughs> yeah. You're like, damn, oh. Brendan. I didn't know that you could put that much weight up on a stick. For some reason, I know what the intro scene is in this movie. Whatever it is, he's he's taking the garbage out to the front of his house. He's depressed. The bag rips. Oh, and and he this is like him inventing like the scented garbage bag or something. Like it's maybe like one of those movies. Maybe it is. (laughs) We'll put perfume in a garbage bag. In a garbage bag. Nobody's thought of that before. Maybe he's a maybe he is a like retired Elvis impersonator in Vegas oh. or like somebody because you know Vegas, Vegas is like the the apex of sadness you know yes it is and so if it starts in Vegas then you don't have to like drill oh. in the sadness you can just say I got the next old Vegas you know yeah I got the next bit to that story um, you know he's gonna blow his brains out pretty much somehow in the movie uh, in the movie. And, you know, here comes the orphan kid from across the street. We'll call him. He's 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 minority. He's maybe from another country. Okay. And he stops. Only minus the racism and anger. Yes. He stops. He stops Brendan from blowing his brains out. And he goes I like that. Mister, like, what's wrong? And he goes, kid, hey, mister, what's wrong? You only had 40 years, I tell you. And then it starts this beautiful relationship. Sling Blade meets what was the movie? Dog Ooh, Wibbs, you just Sling said. Uh, oh, Gran Torino meets Sling Blade. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, but with the Elvis twist. And Elvis, Elvis's catalog is amazing. Like he's got some some amazing songs. So it's all backed up by totally. this beautiful fifties music. Ah, uh, that sounds really I mean, good. Another version would be Death of a Salesman, and he could play. He can mm. play the salesman man because yeah. that is one of the saddest stories ever. What is his name? Pathetic. Was that? Is the salesman's name Willie? Arthur? No, Arthur's the Arthur Miller wrote it. Willie um, Loman. Willie Loman. There we go. So you know, Willie Loman would be an interesting one for him, though. That might be. I kind of I like want the exact opposite, right? Where yeah. I kind of wanted to like start really sad and then like feel redeemed. Yeah, in a sad way. Like that was so. Not, that was what was so good about the wrestler, right? Like you watch a wrestler and you're just like, "Damn, this is so sad." And then by the end of it, you're just like, "It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad." Yeah, and like I think that if you could do something like that with Brendan Fraser, maybe it starts in Vegas, or maybe like maybe there's an element of like I don't I don't see this being a action film, and it can't be like funny no. but it should be a little funny because that's what his personality is so dark comedy sad washed up vegas elvis impersonator goes on an extremely exciting trip to graceland for a special performance i got it go ahead i've, decided, I've decided what it is it is brendan fraser stars in the 10-day meth bender that we read Two days ago, or two episodes ago, <laughs> with that res, with that res girl, smoking yeah. hogs, smoking crabs, and smoking, smoking crabs. He's doing, doing Alka Seltzer shots, and 
he is what's so called belly is, bombs belly bombs i think, <laughs> I think like he so maybe bombs. so maybe he is the high school guidance counselor that is so we end up so here's the story we have yeah. we have the girl from we have the girl from um Can we give her a name stranger things moonbeam okay. or something Millie so girl from stranger things Millie yes. bobby bean and no, she's no. the one that's going on the bender and Brendan Fraser is the high school guidance counselor or just a, or just a guy or just a guy who just sees her and then has to like shepherd her through her bender. Yes. And we're watching her emotional roller coaster while he's trying to help. But the right. police are after him because they think that he kidnapped her. her, kidnapped her. It's like Black Snake Moan, only not a grindhouse film. Only not a grindhouse film. And, and so, there's yeah, a scene. So, there's a scene where he finds her smoking crabs, and he gets real emotional. And he goes, "Those were my pets. smoking crabs, or something." They're cool. living right. beings. Those are living and then, beings. And then the cops arrest him because they think because there's an Amber Alert. Yeah, for the crab. and they don't realize that he has been trying to help her, and she is like on this manic, cannibalistic, meth-addled experience. Yeah. Brendan Fraser is the one that's helping trying to solve the problem. Yep. I got another an Amber alert out. So the cops are after him. He gets arrested. And then the girl goes, uh, he was just trying to help me. I have a problem. He goes to prison. The girl is trying to get clean. They have a relationship, but it's not sexual. She never had a dad. So she needs a person to help her. Right. And Check then, this, yeah, I, fi- I figured out how we kick it off. Okay. Brendan Fraser's old. He's where he is. He's having trouble. He lives on a boat. I used to live on a boat. Okay. Okay. He, he gets up early. Is this to go the out. biographical story of Roy? Is yeah. This, yeah. Is this yeah. Brendan Fraser right. asked Roy? Yeah. <laughs> as you know, this podcast. Yeah. He's, he's super into QAnon. He lives on a boat. He crabs. He's a crab fisherman. And so he wakes up and then there he's out at sea catching crabs and then he hears something down the hole. It's Millie Bobby Brown, who snuck on his boat in the middle of the night in a crab fest, trying to smoke more crabs. She passed out. He wakes up throughout at sea. And then she right. puts out a SOS call. Now you got the Navy coming after him. He goes, yeah. What the I'm just trying to catch a few crabs. I'm trying to right. not on Navy and it just it, well, it, it builds. Build. So this the, is the Brendan Fraser story by way of like these six different episodes that we've done <laughs> they're all connected because you have like it starts as brendan fraser as roy and then and then the meth like day two of the meth bender she ends up on his boat mm-hmm. they go out to sea trying to smoke some crab yeah they get wind of a treasure oh of course we go deep in our treasure hunting yeah. episode Galahan's right. treasure. Yep. <laughs> so they go out. Villain they go from out to, the crab villain. Crab villain from Moana shows up. What's, oh, yeah. Is there a crab villain in Moana? Oh, the greatest character in any animation movie ever. <laughs> really? Yep. He's he's played by what's his name from Flight of the Concords? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, right. Jermaine. Clement. Jermaine Clement. It's so Clement. good. Um, he shows up. This is a cool I movie. This. It's I'm feel a movie trailer for this, okay? How do we write it? Well, we first we just got to start scribbling. 
I think we down. no. I think we if we just talk about it enough, somebody will write it for us, <laughs> and we'll get all the credits. Yeah, That's we'll we'll claim the idea, and then <laughs> and then we can per a lot of our ideas on by way of Philip Burke at the H H B F A. Whatever. Right. Yeah, that's a cool movie. Yeah, I like it. So I like that idea. But some oh, of the themes yeah. are he's by saving somebody else who's trouble in trouble, he saves himself. Yeah, that's, cool. that's the main theme. Right. Right. He saves the president because he's part of QAnon. Yeah, oh, the president's daughter. I like so this. She has a meth problem. Realize it. I like this QAnon angle for Brendan. Me too. I mean, it does feel like that's a good redemption arc. It's like he gets into QAnon and then he isn't in the QAnon. By the way, QAnon. Just deviate for two seconds. Like we broke that story years ago, I feel like. And it's it's still uh it's it's like still bubbling up around the oh, internet yeah. and, and even more now. It's like more legitimate now than ever. Oh yes. Um, we should probably revisit it with Roy soon and because we got the pre election stuff. We should get his Roy's take on the election. Might be good. What if we uncover it? Might be good to get Roy's take on the election. I don't know if I mean if Roy Roy knows that we're making a biopic about him. Maybe I don't know if that'll make it better for him or worse for him. I don't know. Right. Depends. But if he knows <laughs> Brendan playing, maybe he'll be in. That's true. If he knows that Brendan Fraser is playing him, that might be that might be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No stunts. No stunts for this one. Okay. He, maybe that's part of it, though. Is maybe this is this is. I mean, you could also do him as an old stunt man who's who's fighting his way back. And that's very real. It is he very real. That a lot. Hmm. There's a lot of angles here. A lot of angles here. I have another uh, angle where he's an old stuntman. He goes in to take a sauna because his bones are sore. And the whole movie takes place. He gets stuck on the sauna. And we're, they were, just, we're just trying to see him get out of the sauna. He keeps getting like skinnier and prunier and yeah. prunier. Yeah, and then he gets out. And then he gets out, and the movie's over. So it's so so it's basically that movie. Twenty seven hours. But yeah, Twenty seven hours. It takes place entirely in a sauna. <laughs> yep, but he comes out looking like his body from Georgia the Jungle. Love it. Totally ripped. <laughs> I really enjoy that. What a, what a lovely plot line. Um, okay, well, we are we are approaching Joe Rogan time fastly. I think we've solved the Brendan equation. I don't it think really, we need even. Yeah, we. So we just need to send a note to his. To his agent. Yeah. I mean, is the theme we of this podcast to his don't get married? Yeah. And, and give our script to his ex-wife and say, hey, can you give this to Brendan for us? Yeah. Well, um, let's just tell her to fuck off. Let's just go right around her. I'll tell you Why what. If I'm, into it? If I'm I'll a, give you the script to Pecas, the, the horse he adopted for me. Pecas. What I a like cool name. Uh, the, if I'm a director or anybody making movies or, or some kind of a TV series, like he, this guy's got to be on my mind because you know he can act. You know he brings the pain. He's got the heart. Um, Got the range, the heart. He's got the horse. He's got, got the, horse. the horse. He's also good at uh, arrows. He's good at archery. I saw that. Yeah, he yeah. like t- took an anxiety break with some archery and was like, yeah. "I feel better now." And he's article. like, "Time to time to shoot some arrows." That's cool. And so he became like a an archer. He like was interviewing for the GQ thing and got into the details of I think the sexual assault and was um, getting emotional and he's like, you know what? Gotta go shoot some arrows. Starts wow. shooting arrows. Com- comes back to the guy interviewing him. Says, "You want to go shoot some arrows?" And he got bullseye after bullseye because that's who we're talking about. Yeah, okay. he's a bullseye kind of guy. Yeah, and I, I just uh, read uh, somebody call- calls this the Renaissance, which I like. Oh, love it. Yeah, man. 
It is the bread song. Cool. I like it. I'm into it. All right. Well, let's get a couple of randoms to close this fella out. Brendan Fraser, save Brendan. Great sub. Um, kind of, kind of a good little, little feel good sub. Yeah. Not, not yes. A lot of utility, a lot of memeing, but you know, for people that all galvanize around this theme, yeah. like we said, there are some underpinnings. If you really want to get into like the male sexual assault conversation, if you want to get into um, the complicated okay. alimony issues, I think there's a little bit of that, but mostly it's about memeing the boy. Yeah. For our benefit. And then just so you guys know, instead of a random, I am donating my random this morning to the brendanfraser.com website. Okay. <laughs> this is a literal website, and you can either do the flash enhanced high bandwidth version or the traditional HTML low bandwidth site. So we are gonna Ooh, try flash this. Enhanced. Yeah. Oh, I don't have the flash plugin because this was made in 1999. <laughs> Okay, so look at all this. So he's got photos. This is his legit website. I mean, it's beautiful. It's all like, in the little upper corner there. But I, I don't know why it. we even desire to improve the ideas behind web design because it feels right? this feels as good as it's going to get. That cost 80 grand, too. Uh-huh, <laughs> Probably. But it's never uh, changed. I remember seeing this in high school and it's never changed. That's cool. You remember seeing it in high school? Wow. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of buzz to 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 do Encino Man two, which because they just came out with Bill and Ted's three or two or whatever. Um, But Encino Man two would be a cool push. Polly Shore needs it. Brendan Fraser needs it. Yeah. What's his name? Sam from the Lord of the Rings movie needs it. Uh, I see it. I see the movie. I don't mind it. Um, Okay, so I have a good one. Uh, I have a good one that I feel like this is maybe a future episode for us. Um, and dog or freed. I think this is right up your alley. Change my view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot. I mean, this is a, this, this is a mega, this is a heavy hitter. So this is 1.15 million readers. This is um, a good conversation. It's a very good conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to join it. And, uh, things got a little weird. Uh, Actually, this view is fucking terrible. How do I use subreddit style? All right. So some of the things, for instance, change my view as an non-American. Is it clear that Trump knows he will not win the election by popular electoral vote and has decided to win it by discrediting the process and causing anarchy Supreme Court intervention to retain power? Um, or it's, that it's is not a question. Deep. That is a statement. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a change my view. One. The microphones of political debate candidates should turn off automatically after their allotted speaking time. Ah, it's a good idea. That's a great idea. That seems like so a no brainer. Yeah, this is a fun. This is a fun one. This is an interesting. I love this. Yeah, this is past week. Change my view. If Britain not giving the thirteen U.S. colonies representation in Parliament was so unfair, it's not fair that Guam, Puerto Rico, all the U.S. territories don't get representation in Congress. Yeah, dude. It's going to be hard to change my view on that. Well, they're going to have uh, to have a revolution. And, you know, that ain't well, kind of. I mean, or they just dip out and say, hey, France, do you guys want to own Puerto Rico? Let's go. Let's go, baby. Or they, yeah, they offer it up to China or somebody who's a threat. That's kind of the Cuban right. missile crisis of it all. Yeah, yeah, so this one definitely, this, this sub is a little bit of change my view or a little bit of um, um, uh, unpopular opinion. A little bit of um, um, uh, what's explained like I'm five. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of utility in this one, which is kind of nice. Like a little bit of politics. Um, 
change my view. Brianna's Taylor's death has nothing to do with race. Uh, that's complicated. Um, interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, I feel like this is, this is, this is what I like about this is it doesn't say, here's my unpopular opinion and you can take it and suck it. This is a little bit more like, Hey, I have an opinion that I'm having a hard time grappling with. Yeah. I would like to know what your guys' thought is and, or if I'm wrong or if yeah. I'm right, you know? Yeah. It's like cool. a, a subreddit that's like purposely there to like, you only post there if you're interested in like hearing the ways that maybe your idea isn't exactly correct. <laughs> totally. Which is cool. Um, all right. Free. Do you have a, do you have a random? This one's called Windscribe. I don't know what it is. Um, trying to figure it out, but it's wired recommends. Ooh, interesting. Give me, give me that, uh, give me that screen, my dude. Uh, let me see here. Screen share. Blam. 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 Let's see here. You guys and your permissions. Oh, you're not showing the permissions, up. Oh, you man. The permissions. Uh, wind share. What do we got? What is it? It's like a programming. I, sorry. Yeah. I, I thought this was cooler yeah, than it was. Like programming one. All right. F that, dude. F Moving on. Subscribe. Ooh, I, Galaxy S9. That's uh, riveting. <laughs> oh, Formula Dank. Here we go. This one's interesting. What is this? It? Formula Dank. Formula Dank. That's a that's a subreddit for memes related to Formula One racing. Did you watch uh, a show on Netflix, the Formula One show? No. Uh, I don't think so, no. It was it was I'm not a Formula One guy. Um how do I stop share? But it was it's a it's a interesting, I don't know, it was good. It got me into it. It's a huge global sport. Like people freak about formula. One. Damn. It's, it's worth watching on Netflix. If you want a little sports drama. In your life. Formula one, like racetrack, or is it like you're in Monaco and you're driving around the cliffs? It's a combination. One. Yeah. 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 Wow. It, yeah. It's, it's both a racetrack and in Monaco. So, um, anyway, all right. So we are officially at the end of the line. So thanks to everybody who watched this. Um, this did you read it? Talking about Brendan Fraser, a weekly podcast about the yeah, internet. By way, of, by way of Reddit, the front page of the internet. My name is it's your dad. I'm Dick Beebees. I'm my free day, aka Linkovich Chomsky. Chomsky, dude. If you haven't seen it, Cena man, check it out. Check I it out. I mean, it's a, it's an actually a modern classic, to be honest. So yeah, it's very good. Um, all right, well, we'll be back next week with another uh, episode about Reddit. Um, and I don't know what we have planned next week. I think we're, I think maybe we do change your view, change ah, my view. I just updated our invite to be like potential change my view. Potential change my view. Love, Love this organizational structure we have now. Um, and then if you have made it all the way to the end of this podcast, which we probably should say this more at the beginning from now on, but like, subscribe, tell your friends, you know, I know that we uh, have been doing this for a while, but we're still growing. We're still trying to grow. So um, the more, the better. Um, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.